Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah morning news and do Savannah special. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. Got an awesome interview lined up for you this week. I and my co-host Gretchen Hilmers spoke with artist Kevin Cooley via Zoom from his studio in Los Angeles. He is an artist who has an exhibition called Exploded Views coming to Laney Contemporary this week and running through September. And Susan Laney put me in touch with him and we had an awesome conversation about his work, his background, his philosophy. And these new pieces are really, really fun and exciting and also have a deep philosophical background to them. But most importantly, they are photographs of cool explosions so they're really fun to look at but they have again background in environmentalism in sort of our relationship with the elements a lot of really great stuff kevin talks all about it in our little conversation here and i should mention that it's more of like a conversation than a really formal interview to start off with so it seems like we kind of jump right in and so you will be jumping right in with us Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as all of the writing I do for the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section for my Sunday column. Last week, I had the opportunity to speak with Anya Moliviatis about her work, her process, her incredible fiber arts. That was a really great conversation with her. And then I got another article actually coming out this week about Deborah Sharon Miller and her work over at the Sentient Bean. And I've spoken with Deborah before, and uh, and it was really great to interview her. So check that article out. Again, savannahnow.com in the entertainment section for my main art stuff, and then my Sunday column, which should be dropping soon in the lifestyle section, savannahnow.com. But let's get into this interview again. I and Gretchen Hilmer speaking with Kevin Cooley on Zoom via his studio in Los Angeles about his exhibition, Exploded Views, opening soon over at Laney Contemporary. Enjoy. The exhibition, of course, is called Exploded Views, and it's at Laney Contemporary from July 1st through September 18th. So, so through the summer, and we were talking a bit about your about your um, your press release that you know we got a chance to read. But rather than reading the press release or expecting people to read that, kind of explain what the show is all about, what you were showing at Laney Contemporary for those out there who are listening who might be interested. Okay, well, so the show is called Exploded Views, which, if you may know, is a a way of referring to how mechanical parts work together. So if there's like a device, like let's say it's a transmission of a car, like they'll sort of blow it up and they'll see all the internal workings of that, of that piece. So I kind of think that that relates to these explosions in the sense that you're seeing um, them unfold uh, moments after they're ignited. So I'm really, I'm shooting these explosions at a very fast uh, shutter speed. So it's just capturing just a quick moment of them before they, um, morph into more of a fire um so there are are 14 images in the show and they um they sort of range from ones that are done in the landscape um i think of myself as an as an artist that's concerned with the environment my work is looks at nature in the form of the classical elements so i do 
I've done projects about water. I've done projects about air, a little bit of wind. And of course, more recently, I've been looking at fire. And that has been something I've been looking at since about 2013 when I made these works called um, Controlled Burns, uh -huh. which, which is a term, it's the idea of fighting fire with fire. So you would do a controlled controlled burn in order to prevent uh, an out-of-control fire encroaching on, say, a town or an asset of some sort. And those were mostly uh, these smoke columns that I photographed in the studio, and you can't really tell how big they are. And um, they uh, are sort of mysterious, and they look like they could be smoke columns from wildfires, or they could be something very small. Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I, you know, I was looking at some of those images and, I, and I'm glad you're sort of giving us a peek behind the curtain because I will admit, I was like, is that like a volcano erupting? So, I mean, you're thinking of an in the studio setup and I'm looking at it and seeing, I mean, probably the most massive natural explosion slash fire. And you know, what's funny there too, is I look at these and I kind of think it could be almost ink and water, the way that the, the shapes are forming. It just looks, I don't know, bulbous in some areas that liquid could create. And I, this is a beautiful series. I really do like this controlled burn series. Yeah, thanks. So that, that kind of really started my, my thing, uh, interest in fire. Although I had been photographing wildfires from before that, you know, I became interested in that from um, the uh, election of a new a new pope that the um, the the Vatican did in 2013. Ooh. Was it 2012? Anyway, somewhere along then. So mm -hmm. the Vatican uses smoke signals to convey where oh, they yeah. are right. the election process. The the white meaning they had selected a new pope, and then the black meaning they were still working on their decision. And um, you know the idea of smoke as a method of communication was very interesting and yeah that sort of sparked not you know pun intended i guess to <laughs> well it's so interesting you know okay and and we're getting off a little bit on a tangent here but you know you you said well my work isn't really political um early on in this conversation but you've talked about the sort of environmentalism that's sort of inherent in some of the work that you do and then you're now inspired by the pope which i mean you know i i think that there's intertwined political um, things there. I kind of want to delve a little bit more into that because I sort of wonder if it's like almost impossible with what you're doing for there not to be some politicizing of like the things that you're thinking about and talking about with your work. Yeah. Well, I think when you have like, you know, climate science deniers, you know, and climate change deniers, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, I guess it is political conversation. I mean, it seems very obvious to me mm -hmm. what's going on. And, you know, the massive wildfires, you know, are a symptom of a greater problem. But I still think of the work in terms of an, an environment issue, like our relation, like sort of this collective relationship to nature rather than like how we fight among each other to, to decide what, path we should take in order to to you know address or not address that relationship yeah it's interesting okay let's talk a little bit about the you know um what we talked you I mean you were talking about the controlled burns and we're talking about you know forest fires and before we really got into this 
discussion, you know, Gretchen and I, we, I mentioned that Gretchen and I lived in, in Los Angeles for eight years and you collaborated sort of on an essay at harpers.org about the, um, an essay called prayer for a just war by Greg Jackson and finding meaning in the climate fight. And some of your images were used to go along with this essay, but essentially is like you're just saying, it's almost like a non political thing that ends up being politicized. Like you would think it's a science thing. It's kind of like, we just obviously have had this verse and are still having this discussion about vaccines and about coronavirus. And it becomes this political thing. And it's really not like political. It's like literally a science thing. And I know the quote I was trying to find here is that we, it essentially said, you know, we have the means, but not the political will to actually make these changes and make things, you know, to, to sort of solve the issue. Um, and I think that there's a lot of that um, that happens. And I wonder if you, with the art that you're making, what you say is not really political and it is very, very beautiful just to look at. Um, I wonder if you think at all, you know, with people like me who read it or, 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 you know, who look at it and sort of see things or when it's included in an article or an essay on, on Harper's, if you sort of think of yourself a little bit as being somebody, an artist who has a platform to maybe draw attention or maybe even potentially influence people's reactions and interactions with the environment at all. Yeah, well, getting back to that that article, I feel like almost every article about this that my work has appeared long kind of ends up saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. We just aren't really going to do it. You know, like, I mean, I feel implicit in that. Like, I'm going to fly to Savannah, you know, to be a part of the show. and Think about the environmental impact of that. Let's get into the show here, because you gave a description of the show, uh, the exhibition at Laney Contemporary um, from July 1st to September 18th, Exploded Views. Let's talk about these explosions because they're controlled explosions. You're working with a an explosive expert to pull off these explosions in the desert. Well, first of all, where are you doing these? Like, I I, I just got in the desert, but where are these? Um, where are these actually taking place? Uh, you know, they're sort of undisclosed locations. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I work with this guy who's a pyrotechnics expert who's been sort of guiding me through different different ways of safely making these um, things happen. And, you know, I think it's really interesting because, again, you can't really tell what the relationship is between them and the background. Like, sometimes they're just in black space where you can't tell... Mm-hmm whether it's something that's a macro look at something at a cellular level, or if it's looking at like a nebula deep in space um, through like the Hubble telescope. And then there's other ones where there is a direct relationship between the environment. And that's kind of what interests me the most in creating some sort of relationship that is unknown. And I think even to add another layer to that is that you're using different sort of chemical compositions to create different types of explosions and different color concepts and things like that, that are coming together that I think, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming are very intentional with the background that you're shooting with. Yeah, they're definitely very intentional. There's a couple different formulas that I have that produce different effects. 
And if you like add a little bit of charcoal or titanium flakes or sort of similar inert materials to these chemical um, compositions, um, you get different effects. And um, there was an exploration of just the materiality in order to make these things. There's also like an interesting, like how, you know, they're explosions, but they don't always happen super fast. They sort of morph. And you can see in several of them, you can see how gravity plays a role. And they're mm-hmm. sort of falling down to earth, which I think it's interesting. I mean, they're, they're very short lived. They're only like, I think I mentioned before, they're only like one or two seconds. But, um, you know, you, it's hard to get that sense when you look at them. Yeah, you know, I want to ask you that as like an artist, because I think that's really interesting, you know, the, the, the short lived nature, because you're, we're looking at these and it's like, they can sit here and stare at your images sitting in front of me for in perpetuity. But like you said, they're really, really fast. And like, there's something like that, you know, to keep in mind, I guess, in, in that sense is that it's this captured moment that is super, super quick. I want to ask you though, like, what is that like as an artist? Because you don't know really, like, what are you getting? Like, I mean, you, you set everything up, you execute the explosion, but like, there's a, I mean, obviously you're a professional and you have a certain level of expertise that's going to give you some level of certainty that you're going to get something out of it that you're looking for. But I mean, a lot of it's out of your hands. I mean, you're like, trying to capture the image, but you don't know what you're going to capture really. Like there's, there's an unpredictability to to these explosions. So like, what is that for you? What is that like for you when you're sort of creating these and setting these up that moment of setting everything up to later, like looking at the works and saying, okay, well, I've got something here. There's a lot of trial and error that goes on. Um, And that's true of this series and also the previously mentioned series, Mm -hmm. controlled burns. But you know, over the course of the year, the two years I've been working on these images, um, you know, you kind of get, you kind of get a handle on what's going to happen. Um, I mean, you have to be very careful in this stuff. Like you, like there's, there's several things I could do that, you know, are dangerous, like really dangerous mm-hmm. and um, illegal. And I could probably get a lot more results out of that, but I'm unwilling to, to go there. For various reasons, mostly because I, you know, don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you because you're mentioning, the, you know, the level of danger. I mean, there are some of these images here that are in this series where it's like an explosion inside um, a sort of a derelict building. You know, I see this one, and I don't have the titles here in front of me, but there's an explosion, and I see there's like a framework of a building of a of a of a structure and some tires um, in a pile, and like there's these explosions and they're like, I mean, it's almost feels like you're at the beginning of sort of a destructive blast. That's just gonna take down where you're standing. I mean, talk a little bit about that because the, I think the location choices in those almost feel, or I mean, maybe they're not actually dangerous for you, but there's like an implied danger in them. I think as a viewer. Absolutely. I think, I think that's sort of a, a sweet point that I had to, to get like I didn't try those ones inside structure until I got a really good handle on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a technical point of view, like these things are quite small, um, and by the they don't really they don't even hit the ground. 
they, you know, disappear pretty rapidly. And that's something that's, you know, hard to tell in the photographs. But when you get to the back room of the show in the mirrored room and you see these three videos, you'll really get a sense of, of how they react with the, the environment in terms of they're just happening in midair. Um, I will say that I use, um, you know, magicians have this flash paper that they use. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's sort of like they do a trick and this little proof of um, fire happens for it. That's the nitrocellulose paper. And I do use that to uh, contain the material I work with. And yeah, so similar to how magicians trick would work and not, you know, set the um, stage or whatever. <laughs> so I have a question for you. You mentioned that um, adding different elements to the mix gives different effects. Is there, so it's kind of a two part, is there a, an element that creates results that surprise you every time? And is there an element that you keep trying to add that you just can't get what you're hoping from it? Well, I can speak about that in terms of a, a technical standpoint. And this is mostly true with the ones that are in the landscape. And these explosions are incredibly bright. And the backgrounds are mostly shot during the, the broad daylight hours, like, I don't know, between 10 and 2, let's say. And it's very hard to to illuminate both of them in a singular frame, right? Like, I want to capture everything in camera. That's one of my uh, baseline part of my work. Uh -huh. You do, like, special effects or anything to make these Photoshop, etc. So I had to find a way to, to slow down the reaction and make it less bright. That was kind of my only option, right? Uh -huh. So I discovered, and I did a lot of trial and error and keep detailed notes of this stuff that adding charcoal, which is an inert element to different degrees, different ratios would affect that a lot. And so I got to a sweet point where I had the fire explosion appearing very bright, yet you could still get a sense in the background. Mm. Interesting. That's what I answer your question. Yeah, and is there is there an element that just drives you crazy because you just cannot get a result that you're happy with? Yeah, not not really. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I haven't tried like, you know, then look at the periodic table. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a very limited range. I mean, there aren't. I mean, I think you know everything. Any element has a reactive property. It just depends on how much it is. Mm -hmm. and you can get into very dangerous territory quickly. I mean, way beyond my skill set, right? Um, so I have a very limited range, and I think I was able to accomplish what I want to accomplish in the, in the images by sticking within that narrow range. Mm, okay. Like, I, don't know, I don't know if like a different kind of explosion would really say anything differently. Since you're kind of talking about sticking within a certain thing that you're kind of comfortable with because you get the same result or the good re the results that you're looking for, um, and we might not even share this, but has there been a moment that scared you in making these? 
The only thing that I think kind of scared me is like I did one combination and it was very loud. Mm. Like really loud. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, like my ears are ringing afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> and that, that was something I didn't try again. <laughs> oh that's funny so i i want to i want to um kind of go into a little bit more lighthearted sort of um direction here because we we um you know we've been talking the, and i and i think that this is our nature here but especially when you have a you pieces like this that are so technically well executed and then you know they're appearing in a in a gallery like like laney contemporary which is sort of known in savannah as being a place that shows um, you know, really high end and thoughtful philosophical work. And, and, you know, we've been talking about the, the environmental implications behind what you're doing and, and sort of talking about a, a lot of that stuff. But then, as I mentioned, sort of early on in this conversation, there is this part of me when Susan mentioned what you were doing and said, Oh, I'll be happy to get you in touch with this artist that was like, oh my gosh, cool, a guy that does makes explosions. And there's that 10-year-old in me that's like, oh, <laughs> explosions are awesome. So I wonder if you sort of think about that at all, is that like there is all of that philosophical background that you've got going on with the, with the work and, and it's part of a larger sort of idea that you've been pursuing in your artwork over a, a very long time now. But there's also something just really cool and primal about looking at pictures of explosions. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's like this very like, you know, boy element to my work, you know, and just wanting to see what happens with fire. I mean, I mean, who doesn't, you know, so you sit around a campfire and you're sort of mesmerized by the fire. And, you know, as a kid, I grew up in Colorado and my mom would drive us over the border into Wyoming where anything, you know, any kind of firework is legal and like come back with a trunk full of, of stuff <laughs> of loot. And, you know, like, yeah. So I, I, I definitely have some, some pyromania um, tendencies that stem from that early age. Um, you know, and you'd blow up all sorts of stuff around the neighborhood. And I don't know. The venue, of course, I think will draw people to kind of explore it deeply. But that being said, I, I can't wait to take our toddler into that mirrored room with slow motion explosions, because I just feel <laughs> like it, what me as a kid would lose my mind in that kind of environment filled with mirrors and slow motion explosions. So I wonder what you're, you know, you've been, you know, you've been showing this work now, um, not this specific series, but your work in this, um, in this broader idea that you've been working in for a while. What are you sort of hoping people will get out of this? I mean, you know, obviously you want people to sort of delve into the philosophical, you know, underpinnings of what you've got going on, but, but what are you sort of hoping that people will get out of the work looking at it just beyond, you know, seeing a cool explosion? I mean, obviously there's that, but what are you hoping that people can get without knowing all of that background? Like just looking at the work, what do you, what are you hoping people will see in it? Well, I'm hoping that people will see um, the human connection to the element of fire mm. um, and how, 
there is this inherent duality in how fire is the one element that we can control. Like we use it to power our cars and to blast off into space. And, you know, all of human history, you could argue, can be told through um, our use of fire, you know, back to the, the cave the cave days. Um, you wouldn't have, you know, oral history without that or written history without, you know, fire being a crucial element to it. And at the same time, it's also something that's completely out of control, like lightning storms causing lightning, dry lightning causing all these fires in California last year, last summer, and, you know, just wildfires in general encroaching on human development. And, you know, what is our role in, in that balance? And I feel like the explosions are a way to, to you know, create these mesmerizing images that sort of would I'd hope that they would jumpstart a conversation and thinking about that relationship. Yeah, it is fascinating as much as we think we have control over over our environment, how uncontrolled it sort of still is, like you mentioned with the wildfires, lightning. But even like when we try to control I mean, you know, there's all there are electrical fires all the time. There are weapons that kind of get out of hand and there are, um, you know, factory explosions and all of these things that we, you know, sort of perceive that we have that we kind of like live in our lives with a thought that we control it. But we don't like there's always that opportunity (laughs) for nature to sort of reclaim control from us at any moment. So. It always lets you know that, no, you're not really in control. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's ultimately like what, I mean, on one sense, we're like sort of slowly destroying the earth, but, you know, it'll exist in some form after us. And, you know, lots of people have written about like what the earth will be like after us and, you know, movies have been made and it's definitely an interesting subject to think about. Yeah, I actually am, am, you know, I wouldn't be surprised in the least if, if we were the ones that were eliminated and the earth went on, um, you know, ultimately. Um, Insects are going to stick around for a long time. Yeah. Well, Kevin, look, I want to wrap this interview up um, and I want to keep you any longer. Uh, If people are interested in learning more about you and your work and what you're up to, uh, what's the best way for people to do that? Well, um, of course, you could go see Susan's, um, Susan Laney's um, website. Her gallery is Laney Contemporary. I think it's LaneyContemporary.com. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I have my own website. That's KevinCooley.net. And also on Instagram, Kevin Cooley with an underscore at the end. Yeah, and your Instagram is great, by the way. I'll mention that to folks if people want to take a look. You, you posted uh, a lot. I mean, you have a lot of stuff up there. And um it really gets at, we didn't, we barely touched on all the things that you're doing. I mean, we didn't touch on many of the things that you're doing. So those who are interested that Instagram page um, and also, and also your, your website, it really has a lot of um, content for people to, to delve into. So anyway, again, the exhibition here, and I'll mention it really quickly. Exploded views by Kevin Cooley is July 1st through September 18th at Laney Contemporary and the reception is going to be on um, Thursday, July 1st from 6 to 9 p.m. And um, and Kevin's going to be there and there's going to be a, an artist talk and everything with that. So um, that'll be a lot of that'll be a lot of fun and, and uh, very interesting. So, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rob. It was my pleasure. 
That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.